0: Welcome into the Seminole Wrap podcast. It's hard to believe the season opener in Orlando seven weeks from away seven weeks away from today as we sit here and record on uh, Sunday. You're listening on Monday or any other time after we release it because that's how podcast works. I'm Brian Pellerin. Going to say awkward, weird things that'll cause that kind of issue. Ben Mayerson here with me. Mayerson, right? I should have asked to make sure I got it right. Yes. Okay. Good. See, there's the awkward thing. Uh, no, John this week. Uh, he's dealing with some personal family thing so uh thinking of a job but he is out this week so apologies it's it's you get more of me for those of you who can frequently complain about that i'm sorry it's I, I can't help it this week uh but on the plus side ben obviously is plenty smart plenty capable great notes and ben we're talking schedule positional previews we're starting them on the website this week they'll be coming out i think the first ones are tuesday and wednesday um I think overall they, they've got what we considered, I think before a fairly easy easy schedule. And you and I kind of talked about it maybe a little harder than we thought, but overall the expectations are still high because uh they've got pretty good odds to to win a bunch of games and compete in the ACC.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you, you kind of noted it, you know, the schedule may be slightly tougher than anticipated, you know, when you kind of looked at it initially. Um but, you know, obviously the, the big notes for this season are Clemson, LSU, both in September. Um, so we'll get into that. Those are going to be really big games um, for FSU, of course. But um, I mean, you mentioned that this this Florida State team has high expectations this year. Right. And for a good reason, they are um, within the top 10 to win the college football playoff in terms of betting odds right now. They're right there with Clemson in terms of the um, favorite to win the ACC um, so, you know, right now FSU is hanging around 18 to one odds, uh, to, to win it all this year. Clemson is right there next to them at 18 to one USC is 16 to one LSU is 11 to one. So, um, you know, that's kind of that range of teams that they're hanging around right now. They're not quite the, the, the Georgia's the Alabama's the Michigans, um, and the Ohio States for this really take advantage of, you know, Hey, if one of those teams slips or, you know. However, the SEC and the Big Ten break out, and, and you know all the other conferences break out. Um, if FSU, you know, wins the conference, wins the important matchups they need to, which you know we'll get into, uh, they're certainly positioning themselves well to to qualify for the CFP. Um, but obviously, you know that that game against Clemson, which we'll get into, is, is going to be crucial.
0: Yeah, and I think one other thing that's important to note is before we kind of look at the schedule, we're going to take it kind of month by month. It it kind of sets itself up very clearly as September is a standalone section and October, November kind of bleed together, but we'll go month by month. Um, There's no Louisville on this schedule. There's no North Carolina on this schedule. And and they're the ones that seem to be competing for that second spot in the ACC title. Uh, I think that probably puts a lot more pressure on
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I I think you know that's why that that game against Clemson is going to be so crucial because you're not really going to have those other opportunities against those top ACC teams. I mean, you know, we'll certainly get into the rest of the schedule, but I mean, looking at just I mean like DraftKings odds in terms of to win the ACC, their next toughest opponent after Clemson is is Duke, uh, Pitt, Miami. So um, you know, I, I think we saw how Miami went. last season. So I'm not sure if they quite deserve to be, uh, right there with, with Pitt and some of those other teams, but, you know, it's, it's a great point that, um, you know, FSU, absolutely. They have to play Clemson. They are the two teams this year who are vying for that ACC championship, but outside of that, you know, luck just kind of broke FSU's way in terms of the difficulty of schedule. Um, I will say one interesting thing, which, which we noted beforehand um, was they have a pretty early buy it's it's right after that Clemson game. Um, It's that first weekend of October, I believe. And then after that, they play in eight consecutive games. Um, So they don't have any bye weeks. So, you know, that's certainly going to be something to watch out for, you know, because while they do, have those two very difficult games at the beginning of the schedule, Um, you know, week after week after that, kind of that, that grueling schedule, even though it's against easier opponents, um, you know, that, that kind of tends to be when some of these teams will slip and fall a little bit. So I, I I think there's, you know, some trap opportunities where FSU could potentially take a step back. Um, But at the same time, like you mentioned, no Louisville, no North Carolina. Um, So NC state as well. Yeah. No NC State, right. So I, I think, you know, you're missing a lot of those teams that that would have fallen right into that schedule where I'd be a lot more worried if I were a fan. Um, if if they had been, you know, had one of those teams like like Louisville or North Carolina, or like you said, NC State. Um, but it's not gonna be as easy and straightforward as I, I think people expect it to be. Um, so you know, we can certainly get into to things here, but I think overall, um, you know, you, you get two of your toughest games out of the way early. Um, and, and, you know, from there you really just, you know, try and dominate, continue to dominate the conference and kind of look forward to the ACC championship game after Clemson.
0: Yeah. I think the one thing that scares me about not having a Louisville or, um, North Carolina on the schedule is your ability to kind of control your own path outside of that Clemson game. um, and again, we're talking very generalities here. You can very easily go out and beat Clemson. You are that same caliber team, and we'll get there. But w- without the ability to bounce back, if you do lose that game at Clemson, makes it a little bit dicey. Because, I mean, if you look at Louisville's schedule, they don't play Clemson or you. Uh, they They pretty much avoid everybody. They don't even get North Carolina either. So they've got the ability to have a path to a one-loss season, maybe maybe a, a, an undefeated ACC season. I mean, I'm not sure they're even that level of good, but their schedule doesn't really set up for that much. I mean, you have NC State on the road, you have Pitt on the road, so that that maybe is those spots. But and other than that, it, it's you're maybe looking at a team that is two losses in the conference where if you lose to Clemson, your margin for error becomes razor thin uh, When it, when a team sets up like that.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, I think that's going to be the tough thing for this team is that while they do have the talent advantage, and I think you can argue every single game, um, the margin for error certainly is very slim considering, you know, who those other ACC contenders are and what their schedule looks like. Right. And sometimes, you know, in, in, in football, it's not just that you have to be good, but you have to be good and lucky. And, uh, you know, Louisville, you know, they certainly have some luck playing their way with how their schedule plays out. Um, now if they take advantage of it. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But um, like, like I said, it's not just about being good in football. You have to be good and you have to be lucky. So, you know, things have to break your way too.
0: Yeah. I think one thing to mention, and we'll go ahead and jump right into it is that first game is um arguably you're biggest and or arguably you're toughest i'm not sure i'd go biggest because you you do have the clemson game there If that, that really determines your path for the acc title um but if you're if your goals are college football playoff it is the game uh that could be a huge feather in your cap going along this is an lsu team that is um up there among the highest to win the sec they're up there among the highest as you mentioned to win the cha- college football playoff Um, And it's a tough first test. So you open with them on that that Sunday of Labor Day weekend again. That one's in Orlando. You get Southern Miss after that, who I don't believe is your usual um, group of six team or a group of five. I don't know what's happening in all the divisions anymore. But, you know, one of those non-Power Five teams. You go at Boston College and at Clemson. Um, I I, I know we don't want to go game by game, but this is pretty much obviously your Toughest window of the season. You you've got LSU who's going to be a top 10 team. You've got Clemson is going to be a top 10 team. Um, I don't think anyone thinks Boston College will be that good, but you are heading on the road the week before you're going to Clemson, so that's two weeks of travel. And then you have Southern Miss on a short week. And, and that, again, I don't think Southern Miss is the the greatest team in the world or one that should give FSU trouble. Um, but they got Frank Gore Jr., so they do have the ability to control the ball. Um I think generally this kind of sets up OK, but it's definitely I, I guess you'd rather have the first week of the season be where you have everyone healthy and where you're able to play your biggest games. But it also requires you to make sure you come in fully prepared for these big games.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, especially looking back on last season's game, um, it wasn't, you know, so much that FSU had the the talent to beat out LSU or, you know, they made all these great coaching adjustments. I mean, they certainly played well and they coached well, but I, I think when you look back on that game and the rest of LSU season, it's, it's pretty obvious that LSU was still finding their identity under a new head coach. A lot of changes with their personnel. I mean, of course, new coordinators knew everything, right? So, that LSU team was still establishing themselves. And, you know, even though they do have really high expectations, like you noted, and you know, you can go see, I mean, right behind Georgia and Alabama, they're, they're right there Um, in terms of sec teams. It, it's kind of still, it's still a weird zone for LSU where they are still figuring out who they are. They are still figuring out more about this team. Um, You know, they are very talented. They have a, they have a good quarterback who, who we saw, um, you know, really be great in terms of his mobility against the Seminoles last season. So I I think in terms of the specifics of this game um, against LSU, you got to be able to contain Jaden Daniels. I, I think that's the biggest thing when I watched that game back that, you know, It's not even so much that he ran for that many yards, which he did run for a lot of rushing yards. It was more so his ability to extend the play to keep it moving. The fact that Florida State couldn't close out defensively as well as they would have liked to. Right. So I I think in terms of what you're looking for in that LSU game, you got to close out better defensively. Um, And in terms of the offensive side of the ball, um, I think we know what to expect from the skill position group. Obviously, the offensive line has seen some changes this season um, and, and that LSU front seven is dangerous. So, you know, they need to control the game up front. But I, I think if they win this game against LSU and, and, and they show that they're the better team and maybe it's, you know, it's not just a luck thing. But, hey, we beat LSU. We are better than this football team. Um it kind of feels like the perfect springboard um, going into the rest of September where, you know, you, you, you just expect them to roll in those games against Southern Miss and Boston college. Right. Because, you know, Southern Miss, like you mentioned um, they're, they're just not going to have the talent level that Florida state does. They, they lost against Miami coast, coast of Carolina and Troy last year. Um, so I think you look at Southern Miss, you know, kind of a trap game a little bit, but, FSU is so talented that with Mike Norvell and where his team is at now, they shouldn't fall into that. And then Boston College, you know, even though they can be a frisky team, sometimes they lost their starting quarterback. They lost Zay flowers to the NFL draft. Um, they're going to have a new sophomore quarterback who's who's going to be a true sophomore Um You know, it's not just that FSU is more talented than Boston College, it's that they're way more experienced with the group they have. So those two games should be fairly straightforward. And then, like you mentioned, you get into Clemson. And this is to me is the defining game of the season for Florida State. It is the game where you either go from being in a fun ACC team that, you know, can can give Clemson hell and can push them to the limit or the team that's going to be winning the ACC this year. So um, I, you know, this month of September is so, so important um, for Florida state. I think the advantage they have against Clemson and LSU is that, you know, Their groups have had a little bit longer together. Their coaches have been around longer, Um, especially when you look at Clemson. I mean, their offense is going to be changing entirely, bringing in a new offensive coordinator. They're going to be starting a new quarterback this year, a new left tackle this year. Right. So you you just look at that and what we know about LSU and how. Yeah, I mean, LSU was certainly trending the right way at the end of last season, but every year is a new year and they are making some changes along that offense and what they're going to be doing this season. So I think for both Clemson and LSU, you can look at those as equally talented teams, but the advantage that Florida state has for me, um, you know, against those two teams is the consistency because of their experience. So if FSU can get the most out of their talent, they should absolutely win those games. It's just really about whether, you know, Clemson and LSU bring something to those games that FSU isn't expecting and catches them off guard. Right. I I think, like I said, these teams are really, really talented, but Florida state has just, been a little more consistent. They have they have more experience from the coaches to the players to you know the whole system. So I, I think if FSU wins these games, it's because of that. Um, so so it'll be interesting to watch, especially against kind of an equal talent team.
0: Yeah, you mentioned you think they they should win these. Vegas has them. Uh, I take from your notes here that DraftKings has FSU as an underdog, two and a half points in both of those games. Uh, the Clemson game being at Clemson, and of course the LSU game being in quote unquote neutral site in Orlando. At, don't think it's anywhere near the same of the home field advantage as uh, new Orleans was for LSU, but um, FSU showed out well for that game last year too, but to, to, to go back and I want to take it real quick. Cause I just wrote the preview on this LSU game um, drops on Wednesday, by the way, in case you were curious um, last year's game, I, I look at it as a couple of different things. First of all, it was, it was very ugly. Uh, It was one that I don't think really warranted the marquee spot. It was clearly the name brands that uh, got that done a few years ago. It was two teams that were trying to find themselves. And um, I think the biggest moment in that game in the first quarter, I believe, LSU's defensive tackle, Mason Smith, who's first round NFL talent level, uh, tears ACL celebrating a tackle for loss. Um, and right there in the moment, LSU's got to go grab some transfers and D tackle or, or some young guys and try and put them in there. And from there, it felt like Florida State really took advantage. Um, you mentioned Jaden Daniels. He was um, a bad. I thought he was bad in this game because I, rem- I remember sitting next to uh, Tommy uh, Mir, who used to for us now somewhere else. I forget where. But um, in the press box for that one, and I kept just saying, he's got guys open. He's just not throwing. Um, and so I think as a Florida State fan, you probably left that game thinking Jaden's a a a runner who doesn't really throw. Um, but in reality, he he, as the year went along, got more experience, got more confident in that offense and kind of figured it out, trusted his guys, found his guys, and really settled in. And he's one of the contenders for the Heisman this year. I think Jordan probably has a more likely chance, but he's right there in those names. And they're talented across the line. What worries me about Florida state in this particular game is like you kind of mentioned is, is LSU's front line, um, between that. There are very, very few teams that are going to be able to stand up against Florida state's run game. Um, but with Mason Smith back, who's again, like a first round talent, defensive tackle, Makai Wingo is a guy who became all these sec, a D tackle for them. They got a, like a 350 pound transfer nose tackle. Um, a couple of five stars coming in at the end, and Harold Perkins, who I think might be the only linebacker who can actually give Jordan trouble in terms of getting out of the pocket and extending plays. Because when I think of Jordan, I think he has been electric at throwing from the pocket, commanding the offense. And he really goes to that extra level by giving you the ability to get out of the pocket and run not many linebackers can keep up with him. Harold Perkins is that guy. He gave Bryce young trouble last year and a bunch of others. I guess I'm curious. Cause I wrote up the best case scenario, most likely and worst case scenario. I think this is going to be one of the games of the year in college football, because I love this LSU defensive line, defensive front. And Jaden Daniels is one of the most experienced quarterbacks in college football. I mean, he's entering his sixth year starting, but then at the same time, you look at this Florida state offense and they're loaded. And so I think this is going to be an awesome game. I guess if you had any concerns, what would they look like? Cause I'm trying to think of like, how do you slow down Florida state's offense?
1: Yeah. And I guess it would be forcing them to not be able to run the ball as well. Exactly. No, I think you're hitting the nail right in the head. And you know, uh, the issue for Florida state is going to be the line of scrimmage really, because that's where the run game starts. So, you know, I, I, I think if, if you're looking at it, from LSU's vantage point of how do we beat FSU? It's going to be because they disrupt the offensive line. They, they throw them out of their rhythm. I mean, this is going to be the first time that this offensive line as a unit is really going to be working together. And right now we don't even totally know what it's going to look like, right? Because there are those moving parts. Now I think they have quality players, but no group Needs reps together more than the offensive line for a football team, right? So for your first opening game of the season, um, I, I think right now Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell that has to be their number one concern is making sure that that group is ready, they're on top of their communication, that they can execute at a high level, and you know even then if if, if they can check off all those boxes, you're going to be facing an LSU front that's just more talented. So um, you know I I, I think you know you're talking about worst case best case scenario the worst case for florida state is that um they cannot establish the run game if they can't establish the run game then you know i still think they certainly can win the game if jordan travis has has one of those moments and and really steps up but um it all starts up front with this football team. The identity of this team is the counter, right? It's the run game. It's it's where it all starts, and they really use the run to establish how the rest of the offense is going to go. Um, so I, I I think yeah, the offensive line is going to be the most important key of this game, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have a defensive front that is just going to be more talented than them, especially when you look at who's going to the league and who's not. Um, not that that's everything, but especially. I think when you have a group who's going to be working together for the first time, um, that's, that's my chief concern for Florida state in that game.
0: And it's very rare to have a team with two guys who play up the middle on a D line who can cause problems, let alone one to have two. That's where it maybe becomes a little dicey. One thing I'm also curious in is this will be the third straight year of Brian Kelly versus Mike Norvell to open a year. Yeah. Um, I kind of imagine there's not many secrets at this point. You know, I, I feel like they have to know each other pretty well.
1: Yeah, they, they certainly have to. So I I think that's going to be a very fascinating coaching matchup um, and and kind of seeing, you know, what looks different from, from that LSU game last year, because of course, you know, for Florida state, this is going to be their first game of the season. And, you know, while we kind of think we know Mike Norvell um, and what he likes to do on offense, I, I think this year is going to look pretty different than the last few because of the addition of Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, where you can just do so many more things on offense that you did not have the capability to, to, to even try before. So I, I think there's a lot more on the table for Mike Norvell. So I'll be interested to see how he approaches this game and this game plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's, that's a great point. Three straight opening games versus Brian Kelly. Um, you know, that, that matchup is going to be fascinating.
0: Yeah. And you saw last year as the, uh, was the flea flicker, the double reverse whatever that one was that, that, you know, maybe things like that, that can just flip a game. Uh, last year's was just a great finish. And this one I think is going to be a great game, likely with a great finish as opposed to just a great finish. Um, and then one last note on this LSU game, just by, by position, I looked at PFFs, like best players by position rankings. You've got Jordan Travis, number three, at quarterback, Jaden Daniels, number six, you've got Johnny Wilson, number seven at receiver. Malik Neighbors at number five at receiver. You know, LSU's got one of the offensive tackles on the list. Um, Akai Wingo's on the list, but you've also got Braden Fisk. You've got Jared Verse on the list, and they've got Harold Perkins as some of the best guys. I mean, there's just stars everywhere in this one. I, I just think this is one that um, should be everyone's probably number one game to watch in week one.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be the number one game to watch for NFL scouts as well. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to know anything about, Hey, where's the talent going to be in week one? Um, I, 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 you know, most of those scouts, they're going to be watching that game um, because there's going to be Sunday players all over the field. So it's going to be fascinating.
0: Yeah. It, it should be a, a really great game and I'm really excited to to see. It's just crazy to think where we were two years ago, entering this show. A year ago, entering this game, we were talking, you know, like, well, why can't they win? And this is like, they're going to put on a show, and they can put on the bit. Like, this is going to be one of the games of the year, and they can compete in it. And that's that's speaks to the level of this program. You mentioned the Southern Miss game. I think I'm with you. The Boston College game, I'm with you. We get to Clemson, and the big the big interesting thing is going to be what Clemson's offense can figure out in their first three weeks. Um, They open with Duke. Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. So, I mean, Duke obviously is the toughest one. That's the opening game. So, so maybe they struggled there. Um, and I believe that is a road game. Um, if they do, I mean, I, I wouldn't write them off cause I've kind of got two weeks to figure it out, uh, with Charleston Southern FAU in the middle. Um, but their defense is loaded even, even with, uh, losing two guys uh, on the D line last year to, um, the NFL, like Brian Breesy, I don't know, to the saints. And then, and then one other, I forget off the top of my head, but um, it it makes me think very similar to the LSU game, where kind of no matter how that goes, you'll you'll learn a lot about yourself and how you handle that, and and have you'll have two weeks yourself to kind of adjust to facing that level of defensive line, and especially these Clemson linebackers.
1: Yeah, and, and I think especially when you kind of go back and look at the matchup last year of what happened in Tallahassee, I mean, fact is is that Clemson got ahead early. Um, and then FSU is playing catch up the entire game or most of that game. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think if the game script is different and it's a close game or Florida state even gets out ahead, I, I, to me, I think this is FSU's game to lose. Um, I, I think it's really just a matter of, you know, like you mentioned, where's Clemson's offense at, what does it look like? Are they rolling going into that game? If they're struggling still at that point in the season, um, I, I think right now, FSU is an underdog to win that game. I, I, I don't think there'll be underdogs to win that game. If, if Clemson offense struggles at all to open the season um, and there are going to be a lot of new moving parts for them. They they lost their left tackle. They have a new starting quarterback, new offensive coordinator, like I mentioned before. So um, I, I think FSU has a lot of advantages in this matchup when you look at um like I mentioned at the top of, you know, talking about this month, the experience and, you know, the consistency of these groups, FSU has that advantage. It's just a matter of where is Clemson at, you know, coming into this game. So it's going to be really fascinating. Like I I think you mentioned um, we're going to learn a lot about FSU. I think we're also going to learn a lot about Clemson and and kind of where the, the class of the ACC is. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really You know, of course, it's just the most important game of the season for both these teams. Right. So it's either going to, you know, for Florida State, it's either going to put them on a path to potentially making the college football playoff, even if they lose against LSU. Right. Um, And if if they don't win this game, then I think it's a hard look in the mirror for Florida State at, you know, what can this team do better? Where are they lacking? What went wrong? Um, and you know what, maybe they do have a really close game against guns Clemson and, and Clemson just makes a play. And, you know, sometimes that's college football, but um, I, I think we're going to walk away understanding a lot more about both these football teams.
0: Yeah. I think if you're a Clems- if you're Florida state, you want to take one of these two games. Um, so that way you're at least set up in a spot. Cause I don't think if you lose even if you were to lose both, I don't think you're really out of any of the, any of your ideas, any, any of your dreams and goals. I think you can still be a playoff team with two losses. It, it might be tougher, but, um, I don't look at anyone in the big 12 as over the top dominant. I don't think there's going to be a second team out of the sec. Maybe USC is the one who gets in the way of something like that. But I think if you win the ACC, you're still in it. And that's where just a loss to Clemson would come in. Um, the one thing I think that's much different about this Clemson game versus the LSU game, despite kind of the similarities on defense is like, like you mentioned this Clemson offense is a work in progress. And especially like, like, again, I pulled the, the best players by position in PFF Clemson's got five guys in the top 10 at at their position, including two safeties and two linebackers. On the defense. They don't have a single guy on the offense. So where I look at the LSU game and I can see where maybe LSU's offense can can keep pace with Florida State even if Florida State finds offensive success. If Florida State can score in this game, I feel really good about them winning it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and I think you should because I mean like you mentioned um that offense is just everything's new. They have kind of, kind of a lack of talent uh, minus a few areas here and there, but um yeah, I I think Whereas, you know, you can look at that FSU-LSU LS, game and and say, hey, these teams are equal in terms of their talent. Um, it's just going to come down to who plays better and some coaching decisions. I I think Clemson is more the Seminoles game to lose in, in this case. And especially, like I said, if Clemson struggles at all to start the season, then I think, you know, momentum is going to be swinging the Seminoles way, even if they do lose against LSU. Um, but I, I will say also to kind of, go back to what you were saying about having two losses and and that reality of still like, Hey, you can make the college football playoff. I I, I don't disagree. I just think like we talked about your margin of error is, is much, much, you know, more difficult, right? So you're, you're going to make it harder on yourself. Um and, and, and I think, you know, the fact that you don't play Louisville, you don't play North Carolina. And, you know, if, if you're not going to, if you're going to make the ACC championship game and lose against Clemson, um, it's going to, it's going to have to be that one of those two teams falters or both of them falter. Right. So I think at that point, it's kind of like you're, you're taking it out of your hands, the control out of your hands. And right now, I mean, obviously it's the beginning of the season. Florida state controls their destiny entirely. Right. Um, But I think if you lose that Clemson game and you lose that LSU game, I'm not sure that you entirely control your destiny and, and that's not where you want to be a month into the season.
0: Yeah. It's funny though. And we can move on after this. But so like, if I feel like if you lose the LSU game, the Clemson game becomes desperate and yes. and not play desperate, but go out and be, like, be the hungrier team and go fight for it. Uh, I feel like if you beat LSU, you still kind of need to be the desperate hungry team against Clemson. Like and and that's where I think the Clemson game becomes the most important. Obviously, because it's the ACC, it's the path of the ACC. Um, but it, it's it's the game you really—if you get the Clemson game, your path to the ACC title is wide open. Um, and, and we talked about it. I mean, there's not much on the back end of the schedule to really push them, um, especially because you set up with that buy right after Clemson, so you get the chance to kind of even put everything out there and try as hard as you can. And you get two weeks to really regroup. So that that is a fortunate buy placement and also unfortunate, like you mentioned, you get eight straight games after.
1: Yeah. So no, I mean, certainly going to be tough after September, but, um, you know, I think whereas, you know, last season, we learned, we really learned about this team in October. I think September we're really going to learn a lot about this football team and and know the path that they're on. Um, there might be some hiccups or some, uh, interesting footnotes along the way, but I think generally after you play those those two crucial games, um, it's kinda it's just gonna set up the rest of your season. Yeah, you come out
0: so we mentioned you come out of Clemson, you go straight into the bye, so you get that week off, and then you, as you mentioned, rattle off eight straight games. The month of October looks like three straight home games, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke. Um, and then you go at Wake Forest, at Pitt. I kind of want to take those first three games, those home games, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke. It doesn't really look like anyone. Should push them there. If anyone does, I think you're thinking Duke, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, starting with Virginia Tech and Syracuse first, Virginia Tech is just coming off an awful season. I mean, right now, if you look at the way, you know, the the people who cover that team are talking about their expectations this season, bowl eligibility is a win for this team right now. So I, I think in terms of, you know, understanding where Virginia Tech's at, um, this is just not a football team that should even compete with you. And if they do um, it's going to be because you make some mistakes. I mean, their, their, their defense is solid, but offensively, um, they just aren't going to have the talent or the coaching that the Seminoles do. So I, I think out of all the games, Virginia tech um, should be the most straightforward one and should be a blowout for Florida state and it'd be concerning if it wasn't Syracuse, you know, we saw that this team give fits to some other ACC teams last season, but you know, they are, they are coming back with their quarterback. And then you look at the rest of this team, the rest of the offense, they're losing their, their star running back, Sean Tucker, that are losing three of their five offensive line starters. Um, and they, they have some new faces on the defensive side of the ball as well. And two new coordinators, right? So I think when you put that all together for Syracuse, um, we don't really know a lot about this team right now, besides their starting quarterback um, who, you know, has, has played quite a bit of football, but, um, I just think the rest of the infrastructure around that team, uh, unless we see some, some young players emerge and some guys that, you know, we just don't know about right now, but Hey, once, once Syracuse starts playing, they look really good. Unless something like that happens, I, I think it's going to be similar to Virginia tech, uh, maybe closer, but similar. Um, and then you mentioned Duke Duke, um, was just excellent uh, last year, in terms of the expectations that people had for him, I mean, that that defense was really, really good at forcing turnovers um, and in the returning 17 of their their starters from last year um, and last year, they also improved dramatically on both sides of the ball with new coaching, new coordinators. Right. So I think, you know, if if they continue on their upward trajectory, uh, they'll, they'll be more challenging than I, I think people are going to expect. I, I think You know, when the more, you know, casual college football fan looks at floor state season and you know they're looking at a home game to go for. Duke might be one of those games where they're like, oh, Duke, we're we're gonna be going to that game. Um, I I don't think so. So I I think that game is gonna be certainly challenging. Um, and it'll be kind of a good measuring stick at that point in the season to see, you know, if FSU has um, you know, they win one of those two games early on um this crucial games and, and they they're looking really good. Duke will be that next test for them to to kind of get a good barometer of okay, you know we know this team is good, we know this is a top ten football team, but how good are they? um, so you know i I think Duke's gonna be pretty tough, but those other two games, um if you lose those games i you're just not gonna win the ACC, you're you're not going to accomplish the goals that you're looking for. I I think Duke is, is the one game that if you do lose, um, it's going to be because Duke was excellent at forcing turnovers, creating havoc on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I think for the Seminoles, they just need to make sure that they take care of the football. They play a pretty straightforward game plan. They don't try and try and veer off too much from, from what their bread and butter is. Um, I think they should win that Duke game, but things certainly become dicey if you have an interception and a fumble. And then, you know, things start going a certain way and Duke has a really, really good quarterback who people are eyeing for the next level. So um, yeah, those first two games, pretty straightforward Duke, not so straightforward.
0: Yeah. It should be interesting because assuming you come through that first month of the season at, I think at worst three and one, you you could be in a position where you're sitting as a top 10 team and you are, um, you know, the hunted, they are, they are chasing you and these teams are coming in looking to put a feather in their cap. But as you mentioned, I don't believe Virginia tech should be a team to give you a game. I can see with Schrader and some of the returning guys, why Syracuse could be a tougher team. Um, they've been solid and in, in, in early in the season for the last couple of years. Um, but like you mentioned, they lose Sean Tucker and some of the offensive lines. So you've got to think there's some hiccups there and you're the better team at home. You should be able to handle that. Um, Duke will be coming off an NC state game. Um, they have Clemson early as well. So, I mean, you you could be looking at them and and it might be something where you, you, or, you know, I guess the players are college kids who who think just like anyone else, but, you know, maybe downplays it. The Duke could be that, that sneaky team, especially with what you have behind it. Uh, you've got at wake forest to close October and then at pit the mm-hmm. following week. And I, 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 I understand how quickly we can say, well, Sam Hartman's not at wake forest. He's at Notre Dame with his mom making necklaces out of his rib bone, but um, you know, back-to-back road games at this point, and and maybe you're sitting six and one or, or seven and oh, and, you know the spotlight is on you. It, it, it could be a, tougher spot. Cause I mean, John's not here, but I'll say his line for him. It feels like wake forest has pulled the same thousand quarterbacks. Sam Hartman has been there for 45 years and whether it's not Sam Hartman, it's just going to be another guy who's just going to do the same thing and run mesh and mesh works, man. It's worked a lot.
1: Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, I, I do think the one thing that FSU has in their advantage is beyond Sam Hartman. Um, They are returning some players, but a lot of the players that are returning um, like offensive linemen, for example, are changing positions or the receivers they have are going to be changing their roles. Um, So, you know, while Sam Hartman is certainly the, the emphasis of like, Hey, you know, this football team is going to look different, even though, you know, we know what Wake Forest does. We know what their game plan is going to be. Um, I think for a team that's so reliant on mesh and, you know, has their success off of that bringing in, you know, not just a new quarterback um, but players who are changing the roles as well along the way, it, it, it's going to be tough for them to, to get up to speed. So, you know, at this point in the season for them, it's just a matter of where they're at. Um, and then for, for Wake Forest as well, I, I believe the game before they're playing the Seminoles is their their game against Clemson. So for, for Wake Forest, this could be a real sink or swim moment for them where this is the deciding factor of, okay, how does our season go? Um, so I, I think Wake Forest is going to be playing desperate. We know how dangerous they are. We know how frustrating it is to play against that mesh offense. Um, but at the same time, like I mentioned, I, I think all the the changes going on with that team is going to give the advantage to FSU. Um, and, and I think especially coming off that Duke game for FSU, you know, so it's Duke, then Wake Forest immediately after um, it's not like this is going to be a, tra- a trap game for them. I think they'll be prepared. Well, I think they'll they'll have a really good opponent the week before. Um, so, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, like I said, Wake Forest of course, losing Sam Hartman. Also, I'm um, losing AT Perry, who just looked incredible against FSU last year. Right. So, yeah, um, phenomenal. so it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, where they're at and how those, those players and their different roles are going to be fitting in all along the way. Um, but you know, again, like I said, wake force is going to be desperate. It's going to be right after the Clemson game. So it's either going to be coming off a huge win for them or, you know, a letdown, um, against Clemson. So no matter what, I, I think, you know, for them, um, yeah, we it's going to be interesting. I think they'll be desperate, and I think it's it's just a it's just a team you don't want to get in a rock fight in a close game with.
0: Yeah, especially on the road. I do have looking at their schedule. I've got them playing Clemson the first week of October. Um, but the only games in between are Virginia Tech and Pitt. Okay. Their schedule up to that point is is pretty easy. So they open with Elon, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, then they get the buy, then Clemson. Virginia tech. I mean, that's a team that could be sitting there right there. Even, even with the changes, in new quarterback, they could be five and one in mid October. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, depending on, I guess the Clemson game, I imagine they'd be able to handle that. Uh, Then they go pit Florida state. So you're right. I mean, this could be a team sitting there thinking this is our chance to, to move into second and move into a spot to compete for the ACC title. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're able to pull off the Clemson upset. I would imagine not on the road, but um, yeah, I mean, that's another team that puts you in a spot where it, it could be a huge game and, and they're circling it. I mean, like we said, you know, you're going to get a veteran team from wake, you know, you're going to get a, a disciplined team, a team that forces you to be disciplined on your defense. And, um, yeah, you, like you said, you don't want to get in a rock fight with a team like this on the road, uh, at, that this kind of inflection point in the season, uh, you get into that second half of the year or second half of the year, that last third of the year, you go November. It's at Pitt. You host Miami, you host North Alabama, and you're at Florida. Uh, So two out of four on the road, two out of four at at home. Um, It's kind of a coin toss on on which one here looks like the toughest on paper. Uh, Looking at some PFF power rankings, it's got Pittsburgh, 25, Florida at 20. I'm not buying Florida. We'll get there in a second, but Uh, Pitt looks like that next ACC team behind Clemson that could actually push them. They're they're the next highest ranked team behind Clemson. Um, uh, when I think of Pitt, I think of what they've lost, but they've been able to recover from that the last few years.
1: Yeah. And they're going to have a new starting quarterback as well. They're, they're stealing Phil Yurgovich from, from Boston college who, um, You know, a solid quarterback. (laughs) He's a solid quarterback. um, But at the same time, I think he's the exact type of quarterback who plays right into FSU's hands. Right. Uh, Right. a statue, he's not going to be moving a lot. Um, And and I think for this team, this Florida State team, that's so focused on their defensive line, causing havoc, you know, uh, making it messy up front that's where this game is going to be, you know, one and loss. I, I still think FSU is the better team. They should win this game. Um, but I think certainly going into this game, you know, it's going to be a lot closer odds than some of these other ACC teams. Right. And even though Pitt is having a lot of churn on the defensive side of the ball, Pitt's also proven that they can develop players that they can, that they can be ready on the defensive side of the ball. And then even though they're losing some experienced players, you know, they've just proven their ability to, to re um, invigorate that defense and, and add some, some newer, younger players. So um, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball, I think, you know, while there's some new pieces um, I think there's a lot less questions about those new pieces. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Pitt is at this point in the season. I feel like that is going to be, you know, really the, the thing for this game is, is Pitt trying to contend for the ACC at this point or have they already kind of settled into that that third fourth team behind Clemson and FSU. Um so I I think again it's kind of similar to to Wake Forest. Um I don't want to get in a rock fight with this with this team. It's going to be a very close game and to me it's going to be the end of a three game stretch, Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt that is extremely tough and I think is going to be really grueling for FSU. So at that point of the season, you know, I think you know we never predict or hope for injuries but we know injuries happen so um with fsu it's it's just really going to be a matter of where their personnel is at and, and kind of how things are trending over those last two games um but like i said i i think with wake the same same sort of thing i don't want to get in a close game with this team you don't want it to be a fourth quarter you know deciding sort of shootout versus pit um so i i think you know let's say the the LSU game goes well for Florida state. They lose against Clemson and then they are able to come back around and, and be pit towards the end of the season. I mentioned earlier that FSU doesn't have a lot of games where they can really show that they're up with the rest of the ACC if they lose against Clemson. But to me, this is that next most important game in the ACC after Clemson, you know, because if, if you're able to, to win these games that you should win, um, it's just going to be a much easier path for them in, in, in you know, you're just going to br- bring down the level of difficulty in terms of getting to the college football playoff and winning the ACC, right? So, I, I think to me, Pitt is after Clemson the most important ACC game because of the perception people have of Pitt and what the expectation is. And if Florida State goes in and and they just blow Pitt out and they look like the better team by a mile, um, I think it can be a real kind of launching point into that end of the season where you know, I I, I, I really do believe in momentum in football and schedule momentum as well. So, you know, if you dominate pit um, and, you know, looking at the rest of the schedule, I, I think Southern Alabama, Miami, Florida. Um, yeah. You, you have some uh, familiar opponents in there, but I don't think those games are going to be tougher than the game is against Pitt.
0: Yeah. And a couple of things too, you're looking at this coming obviously later in the season when you get to November these teams are not what they are currently they're they're going to evolve be different and like you mentioned whether that's injuries or just improvements uh, they're going to be different teams one thing i think worth noting too on this pit game it's the it's at pit in november um you're you're probably looking at a a chillier game I, I can't imagine we're getting that drastically cold that early in november but i mean it, it ain't going to be you know sunny south florida or or um uh, you know, like your November games past, this is, this is going to be a North game and uh, probably chilly, especially if it's at night, this could be one that, that maybe just. You could see pit looking for that signature win on the year. And maybe you're that team, you know, you're, you're looking for that. Um, we're tougher. We're, we're pit. And they're coming in our territory in the cold. This is what we do. We're going to defend our turf and do that kind of thing. Um, I'm still with you. I think Florida state is clearly the better team. Um, but yeah, it just depends how well Dirkovic adapts to pit, how well they learn how to use them and how well that defense kind of rallies back around. Um, I think almost the same vein is Miami. Um, because I think when we sat here a year ago and did the preview, we talked about how Miami with Tyler Van Dyke and what they had as a team that's going to contend for the ACC title. They were horrible. And I just don't know what that team is going to look like to begin with, let alone in November. Um, I know they bring together uh, probably the best safety combo in the league uh, and and maybe in the whole country, but I don't know what Tyler Van Dyke looks like. I don't know what this team looks like. I, I, I am pretty confident Florida state should be and is the better team. Um, but I'm interested to see what Miami ends up growing into by then. And, you know, you saw a year ago where you were the team to kind of embarrass them. How many of those guys are still kind of like, no, no, it's it's our turn.
1: Right, exactly. And, and it's almost kind of like uh, when we look at this time last year, it was the opposite for Florida State, and Miami, right? It's that Miami, like you mentioned, is in the position where. People are expecting them to be on the rise. Tyler Van Dyke to be this potential future NFL guy. Um, You know, they had players all over the field um, and then things could not have gone worse. And then for Florida State, it was, yeah, this is an interesting team, but they still need to prove themselves. And then they went ahead and proved themselves. So I I think at this point this season, I think you're kind of you kind of just don't know what to expect from Miami. I, I, I have no idea what that Miami football team is going to be looking like, like you mentioned that that second week of November. I mean, that's so late into the season. Um, and you know, like we mentioned with Pitt, injuries or, um, just changing of the personnel or whatever it might be. Um, these football teams are going to look very different than they do right now in July. So, um, I I think, you know, for, for the Miami game, especially um, I am, I am more worried than, than I think most Florida state fans and people are just, you know, in terms of looking at this game solely because we have no idea what this Miami football team is going to be at that point in the season. Um, they certainly do have some really great football players. Like you mentioned, those two safeties, um, but At the same time, I think you can look at this Florida state team overall and say confidently they do have the more talented football team, just a matter of, you know, where these two teams at, because I could, you know, right now, Florida state's 15 point favorites against Miami. I could very well see that, you know, going further and further in Miami's direction, the further the season goes along. And, you know, maybe the expectation is Florida state is still over a touchdown favorite, but that's still much different than the perception we have of Miami right now. So, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be just going to be fascinating to kind of see where that Miami football team is at. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's the best barometer for Florida State, but, um, you know, like we like I've mentioned several times, um, Florida State doesn't play Louisville. They don't play North Carolina. So if Miami looks much better and Florida State needs that game to to really prove themselves um and, and kind of put one of those another one of those important wins um, on their resume. Um, you know that's that's certainly going to be a really interesting factor in this game. So um yeah, we'll we'll kind of we'll see where both these teams are at, at that point in the season. Right now, it's kind of just hard hard to say we we just don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of football in between now and then,
0: yeah, I, I my biggest fear with this Miami team is they have the one thing you can kind of mask everything with, and that's a quarterback, right? if if I think most of what Tyler Van Dyke's issue was last year was injuries. I also think it was kind of a, I guess, handcuffing your own quarterback situation, how much they Josh Gaddis really let him do his thing um, because it felt like crystal ball. And, and then we're, we're focused on, we're going to establish the run and, and kind of take the ball out of his hands. Uh, I wonder how much they leaned back into letting him throw the ball. And if you've got one of the better quarterbacks in the country and he proved if he proves to be the guy he was two years ago, I suppose the guy he was last year, that's dangerous any week of the year, no matter how good you are. If he's sitting back there and, and can pick out what you're doing and, and make the right reads, make the right throws. That's someone who's able to give you a game. And you're talking about a rivalry. You're talking about um, a team you absolutely smashed a year ago and, and had no shame in flexing about on their own field. Um, you know, they're not going to just roll over and 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 take it this year. I don't think so. I imagine Miami is going to be one of those very tough tests towards the end of the year, especially if they're able to figure out an offensive line and, and keep TVD healthy. Uh, I'm willing to skip over North Alabama,
1: unless you have thoughts. Uh, I do not have thoughts. Let's skip over them.
0: That's a win. Um, We move on to Florida. and, And I mentioned, I'll get here in a second, but I just don't see how Florida can be much better than they were a year ago. They lose Anthony Richardson, who, um, I didn't think was the greatest quarterback in the world. I think it, he had all the skills in the world, how much it very frequently translated to good play. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I think in this game last year, he had those moments, right? Where he, he flashed and um, otherwise it just felt like there was a lot of inconsistency for this team. I could see where they, they go to, they got the transfer from uh, Wisconsin Graham Mertz. I think it was Graham, I'm trying to remember, Mertz, Mertz something like that. Um, I don't I guess my 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 waffling back and forth on this team because I just don't see how they can be that much better when you lose what Anthony Richardson gave you. Yes, he was inconsistent, but the ability to game break, I don't think exists anymore. I guess it just becomes how good can Florida be lining up, running the ball and and throwing play action with Mertz. i I, I don't know how much better you can be with that,
1: yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny because, you know, going from, Anthony Richardson last year, where of course you saw the highs and the lows, there's just a lot of volatility with him in in that last season. You're going to a quarterback where you're not expecting that same volatility, but you're not expecting that same ceiling. Right? So I, I think for Florida, where, you know, last year against FSU, they could come into the game and they're not, they weren't as talented. They weren't as well coached, but Anthony Richardson was making plays and Ricky Pearsall was making some plays. I, I just, don't think they have that in them this year. Whereas, you know, we were just talking about Miami. They have the quarterback. They, you know, we don't anticipate things to go well for Miami this season, but we can certainly see the path to them being competitive against the Florida state team. I just really struggle to see the path for Florida to be very competitive against Florida state because last season, Florida state played a much, much, much better football game than Florida did the difference was Anthony Richardson, Ricky Pearsall, and basically one play um, over and over and over that Florida kept spamming. So when you know, of course, Florida struggled because of that volatility. It was also their success last season. So I, I think you know, for them this season, um, I, I really just don't see the path unless there are some significant changes and players we just don't know about to them having that kind of ceiling that they did last year. Um, so I, I think. I'm much more confident, and I think fans should be against Florida than against Miami. Even though right now, you know, DraftKings has has Miami as as 15 point underdogs and Florida is nine point. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it's just that it's just that thing where Florida does not have the capability to get to that point where they can really. You know, throw hay- haymakers against it, Florida State. It
0: feels like their ceiling is capped, and it, and yes. it feels like Florida State's ceiling is is a lot, a lot higher.
1: Right, but even compared to Miami, right? Miami, they, I don't think they'll be better than Florida, but you can certainly see the the capability they have to do so, and this in the ceiling that they have. You know, it's it's. I just think when you look at Florida, it's just hard to find how they will be competitive against Florida state. And, and to me, I think, you know, that, that should make you really confident, especially with the quarterback that they have kind of narrowing the ceiling and the floor. Um, but when you don't have that ceiling, it's just going to be too tough. And, and I think, you know, really the only reason Florida was able to compete in that game last year was because of that volatility and because it played their way against FSU, it, it went well for them in terms of the volatility. They just don't have that anymore. Um, and and we're going to learn more about this football team, because I think last year, you know, you could look at Anthony Richardson and when it went really well, you could say, oh, it's because of him. And when it didn't go well, you could say, oh, you know, he's this young kid. He doesn't have experience, but now bringing in an experienced quarterback, um, they have another year in this system. So um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it'll be a it'll be interesting to see where Florida's at at that point in this season. Um, I just don't know if I have the highest expectations because of the limitations of this team. So um, yeah, it'll be a good way for floor state to cap off the season. Um, I don't think it's going to be a good way for Florida to cap off the season.
0: Yeah. I, I mean that's it really says it all. I mean I just don't see the ceiling with Florida. I don't see it. Feels like the 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 best they can be is a third or fourth best team in their own division, a, similar to Kentucky. I don't see how they compete with Georgia. I don't see how they compete with Tennessee. Maybe they're South Carolina ish. Uh, although I think Spencer Rattler might be better. You know, yeah, I just, but, I I but, don't, I don't see them as a team that even competes in their own division, let alone against someone who who could be competing for a top 10 college football playoff type thing.
1: Exactly. And even when you compare them to South Carolina, you mentioned Spencer Rattler. They do not have, Florida just does not have that kind of player that they can insert into their team that it gives them those upper level capabilities. So, Yeah. So,
0: so we we've gone through them all. You mentioned at the beginning, nine and a half is the kind of over under in Vegas um, based. On, I say Vegas, like as though it's the only place you can gamble anymore, but whatever, I'm sure the kids will learn eventually. And I'll, I'll drop that tick, but uh, it, I feel like you going through the games are, are going to go over. I feel like you're, you're looking 11 and one, maybe higher than that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think especially when you, um, you know, factor in conference championship bowl games, this team's going to win more than 10 games. I, 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 unless something goes catastrophically wrong and certain players get hurt. Um, even then, you know, I, I still think this team is extremely deep Um, and they're just going to be much more talented on a game to game basis than almost every single team they face, maybe every single team they face. So, um, you know, then it really just comes down to coaching and and how you make the differences there. And I think you can look at each of these games and say, Florida state has the advantage coaching wise on definitely on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and, and we know that, you know, with this offense this year, they're like, we talked about in our last pod, they're not just trying to be a, a very good offense. They're trying to be a top three offense. Um, so I, I think, you know, with the way they've built this football team, um, The path to 10 games is is very straightforward it's just really a matter of do you drop any games or does anyone get hurt you know those are the two questions you have and those are two questions you should have every single season for any team so i think florida state has positioned themselves well to to not only reach their expectations but potentially exceed it um and you know especially that game against lsu for me and for the national audience, is is going to be the ultimate barometer, you know, because, you know, I think they can get away with losing against Clemson or having a close game against Clemson. But, you know, if they're just not competitive with LSU, I, I don't see how you can put them into the college football playoff if, if things break a certain way, right? You, you, even if you lose to LSU, you just have to show that, you're that level of football team that you can win those games when they're available even though you might not win that game in particular right so I I think um to me LSU is going to be the most important game in terms of vine for a college football playoff um you know championship um but well there's you know, there, course- there's certainly
0: there's certainly a path where you beat LSU lose to Clemson and and somehow miss the ACC title game because maybe Louisville runs the table but you're sitting 11 at one that that's still probably hard to keep you out, but I, I agree with you. I, I think the path is still the most likely path is through Clemson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um going to be interesting season. Like I will say, I think that that three game stretch Duke wake forest pit is where things get a little dangerous, but overall um, like we mentioned at the top, this, this schedule is, it, it is what it is. They're they're playing Clemson and then they're playing a lot of mid level to lower mid level ACC teams.
0: Yeah, I I look at it and I see ten and two uh, as a regular season. I I think you end up losing one of the LSU Clemson games. Um, my guess is the LSU game just based on their D line, the D tackle abilities, where the kind of what I mentioned before. I think there's four possibilities in that one. You blow them out, they blow you out. You both offenses go off and you guys are chasing each other. Both defenses go off and you guys are trying to find that little difference. Whereas I think there's more paths to beating Clemson um, where you can go out and boat race them or, or worst case scenario, if your offense struggles, I don't think they run past you. Um, And then I think, like I said, I think you take one of those games and where I end up is somewhere in that. Like you mentioned Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami window. I don't, if I can play these games in a vacuum, I'm looking at 11 and one, but I I don't get to play them in a vacuum. I'm looking at eight straight games, eight straight weeks with eight games, every Saturday lined up to play. You got two straight on the road. Um, there, none of them are really slouches outside of Virginia tech before you get to like North Alabama, um, injuries. and, And I think the pressure of being in that spot. Right. So let's say you let me, you know, maybe you lose the LSU game with the gun. It's the exact opposite. A blocks field goal, extra point at the very last second or whatever. Right. One point loss. It doesn't really move you anywhere. You're probably still nine, 10, something like that. You beat Clemson. You're probably sitting six, five. And as you roll, maybe you're sitting top four when that first playoff ranking comes out the first week of November. Um, you're kind of in that pressure spot where maybe if Pitt has you close, you kind of feel it. Um, You know, and that's where my fear comes in, how the team responds to being in the pressure spot, having the target on themselves, because it's really hard to argue with the talent. You can't argue with the talent. I mean, I mentioned it before. I mean, to go back into those position rankings, Jordan, Travis, number three in the country as the best quarterback, you're looking at Trey Benson as the top six running back, Johnny Wilson as number seven receiver. You mentioned Keon Coleman, who's not on the list, but. Gives you, I think, what you've been missing. Jaim Bell at tight end. You've definitely missed that. If you can have an O-line compete, you've got it. You've got the, the interior D-line with Fisk. You've got Verse. you've got uh, Fabian. You've got Fentrell Cypress who transfers in. And we haven't talked about who we'll talk about in our defensive preview in an episode coming up soon. But you've got everything, assuming you can kick, and it's it comes down to the way they handle the pressures of that because this team is it. This team is what you would have dreamed up a year ago and you hoped how this was going to go.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think one thing I want to note definitely is, you know, injury, some people just look at injuries as like, Oh, you know, you're done with that player for the season, but we saw last year, how, you know, Jared verse going in and out of the lineup affected this football team. So I, I think, you know, as much Even as Jordan was, Travis
0: at Louisville, I mean, you stole that one, but I exactly. mean, he didn't, but, he didn't miss much, but it was enough.
1: Yeah, but I think the injuries, it's not just a matter of who gets hurt, but when they get hurt, you know, in, in the stretches, because you are going to run into injuries, you know, things aren't going to always go your way. Um, luck will swing your way, good and bad, right? So it's just a matter of when you hit it um, and, and hitting it at the right time. And, you know, when I, at the top, I talked about, you know, luck factoring into to team success in terms of you have to be good and lucky. Um you know, you have to be lucky with your luck too, right? So um it's gonna I think that's gonna be you know the thing for this football team outside of those obvious matchups we're talking about and those tough that stretch that stretch from the end of October to early November, it's a little tougher. Um I, I think you know you have to be not just good, but you have to be lucky too. Um and I think that's a great way to end this, Brian.
0: Yeah, I think if anyone sitting at home wondering what John was thinking, it's probably like 17 and oh they schedule like the Patriots for like an extra game and just stack on an extra win. Cause they feel like it, like if you're missing John's perspective, now he probably, I feel like John would probably say maybe one loss cause he likes to be uh, <laughs> at least a little realistic and, and you know, an ACC title game appearance and, and maybe a win there. I think you're looking at a team competitive enough, but that's me putting words in John's mouth. So if you're mad at those words, take it up with John, not me. Um, otherwise, no, I mean, I think this, like we said, this is a team who compete in every one of these games. I think, I know we spent a lot of it kind of devils advocating the the system, but um, you know, it's a team that can certainly compete in any of these games. For anybody interested in in kind of the content schedule coming up, like I mentioned, um, this is released on Monday the seventeenth, and that tomorrow we've got our quarterback preview, and we'll go from there pretty much every day up until the season starts up till uh, for the next few weeks with game previews, position previews. Uh, kind of a little bit of everything as we get into this beginning of the year. Um, we've got a couple episodes. I'm efforting some uh, 20, 2013 championship winners. So if you know one, tell them to hit me up. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to trying to get some people to come on and, and talk about it, talk about this team and uh, kind of lead us in. I know we've got the defensive preview coming up that we've got planned. We've got a, a few other ideas in the in the hopper, including our own look at those positional battles, positional previews. So uh, stay tuned for all that kind of stuff. We're going to start cranking up the regularity here on how often we give you the shows. Cause we're less than two months away. It's, it's the exciting time. I can see it in Ben's face.
1: I'm very, very excited for, for people. Well, I guess everyone's audio only. Um, I was about <laughs> to say for people listening. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I think more than anything, you know, like I've mentioned throughout this, we're going to be learning a lot about this, this football team, these players, um, these coaches. and And I think Brian, you know, the point I, I want to kind of end this whole thing on the the point that, that you've really been making throughout this is, um, you know, just, you know, the, this team is the hunted now they are, the expectations are different for Florida state. And while the expectations are always at a certain level for the Seminoles, um, now more than ever coming off the season, they're coming off. Um, they are the team that everyone is trying to hunt down. Um, and, you know, you learn the most about yourself when, when, you know, either you you get, you fall down or someone is, someone falls down in front of you and they're trying to get back up. So I, I think for Florida state, um, you know, every year is going to be consequential for Mike Norvell, but, but to me, this really feels like, um, a make or break year in the sense of just being a really good nine to 10 win team or that team that, that Florida state fans, um, you know really hope can contend so yeah we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about this team this season
0: you know what you do when you fall down
1: what what tell me Brian you keep
0: climbing <laughs> <laughs> somewhere somewhere Mike nervello is just like yeah uh but yeah that's a wrap thanks guys we'll see you next week